0: Hi, I'm Jesse, your host of the Jesse Williams podcast. I'm an entrepreneur and business mentor bringing you fun and thought provoking conversations around money, wellness, business, life, and personal development. This is a space where humor meets depth and no topic is off limits. Let's fuck shit up. So I am very, very excited because today I have a beautiful guest, Jocelyn. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jesse. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, So anyone who doesn't know, recently I was a guest on Jocelyn's podcast and the conversation we had was honestly just so elite that I'm almost like, okay, how are we going to top that today?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. Honestly, it was so good. The DMs I got were like, what the fuck? That was insane. Everyone go listen to this. It's a good one. Go check. You guys should check it out.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely go have a listen because it was a very, very, and I'm sure today will be the same, but just very honest, very, like just hearing two people have like a very, very powerful conversation. So I'm excited for today as well. Me too. Amazing. So I was thinking about this before and I'm like, I, I hate the word story, but it's like, I have no idea around your story around like how you got into business, how long you've been in business, really any of that. So I would just love to hear a bit of like a background into what has been the journey to you getting to the point that you're at in business now.
1: Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. That's so funny. I'm like, haven't, you know how we all feel like we've told our story 10,000 times Yes, and then there'll be the, there's still always people who have no idea, but honestly it is It is very relevant. So I got here because I basically had a really intense dark night of the soul in my late 20s during my Saturn return when it tends to happen. I'm 40 now. And I was kind of like that girl who was doing everything right. Like I went to Ivy League school. I was working in finance. I had a boyfriend. I was just living my best life. I lived in San Francisco. I traveled. I, You know what I mean? I was partying. I was just being like, your basic bitch who's doing well in life yeah. you know what i mean yeah. I do. I do. <laughs> just like that classic the classic vibe and then it just hit me and i all of a sudden i didn't want any of it like i wanted none of it i didn't want to live in the city i didn't want the relationship i didn't want the finance job i didn't want any of it and i went to la and long story short that was like the beginning of my demise <laughs> Oh gosh. And, but like in a good way that was really good for me I just completely unraveled it was like all my trauma surf surface I got in this like really up and down all over the place like five-year relationship I had a psychic addiction because I became like obsessed with him and I was also having this like really intense psychic awakening where I was like hearing voices that I was having premonition dreams like it was like I was transported into another dimension And at the time, I wasn't spiritual at all, like nothing. I wasn't even into personal development. So you know how people, I always joke, people are like always looking for ways to have more access to their intuition. And I felt like the underbelly of the planet just came up and slapped me in the face. And I burned through all my money. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my career. I like burned through my 401k I acquired nearly six figures in tax debt even though I was someone who knew how to manage money because obviously I worked in finance and I was extremely codependent it ended in a health crisis I had to have surgery I had like 37 fibroids I mean every area of life literally every single area hit the floor and it was honestly my health crisis you'd think like the money would have been enough or just the like turmoil of up down five years all over the place like finally let that one go because i had a dream about him and the woman he's actually married to now they're both wearing like gold rings on their like wedding fingers and I was like oh he's gonna marry her but I don't think he married her to like last year but I saw it that many years wow. ago wow isn't that crazy and like they kind of got together towards the end of our our drama fest so that was enough for me to let that one go I finally started like listening to what I was seeing because everything I would see it was like I got my initiation through him. Like I would dream about everything he was gonna do inside of five years. Like when he was gonna leave, get another relationships, come back. Did it? I've never dreamt about some one person that much, but it was like it was one of those very just like karmic relationships. Like I think he was served intentionally for me to literally look at every single dark shadowy aspect like in my psyche because he raised every single area of that in a way that nobody else has before or since like I really was like sent to churn
0: (laughs) you know yes yeah what was it like I'm like curious what was it like for you being someone who wasn't at all spiritual to then going to having all these premonitions and these dreams and this like whole awakening like were you scared were you confused like what was that experience like for you or did you just it was really
1: isolating and overwhelming because I would say I'm, I'm still extremely tuned in now but it's more integrated. I actually don't hear voices anymore. It's almost like because I'm so much more awake now, I didn't have to I don't have to receive the messages as loudly mm-hmm. as I did then. It was really overwhelming. I remember not even being like I would I I couldn't even like be in a bar because I would feel everybody's energy and then you know how They say like bars actually attract a lot of like dark spirits because when people are drunk, like their energy fields are so open. Well, I hadn't heard that, but that makes sense. It makes sense, right? Or like, haven't you, I know you don't drink now, but haven't you ever drunk in the past and like you just start to feel really like just disconnected from reality and not even necessarily because you're drunk. Like I could always feel if I'm in the wrong environment, feel weird energies, especially if I've been drinking. Mm,
0: Yeah, I know exactly what you mean.
1: And yeah, that feeling, it's almost like you're not in your body anymore. It's very strange. So anyway, bars attract a lot of dark spirits for this reason, because people's like guards are down. And anyway, I could feel all of that. I could feel everybody's energy. It was like I could feel what they were thinking. And so it's very hard to be around groups of people. And then I was in Los Angeles and Los Angeles has definitely... I mean, obviously it's like, it's a beautiful place, yada, yada, yada. But there's also a lot of dreams go to die in LA. I hate to sound negative, but it's pretty true. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Just people, a lot of people come in on a fantasy and aren't actually going to get there. And it's a very interesting energy when everybody in one city is tied to one industry. No matter what you do, like Hollywood is ingrained in everything and it creates like so it can create so much desperation around like getting to the top and getting places and and I'm not saying this is all of Los Angeles obviously there's people there who are healthy and thriving and loving it but I, I also lived in West Hollywood so I was really close to all of it like I could just feel it like it was mm-hmm. just so I could see it in people it was honestly very intense and very isolating but it woke me up to spirituality because I mean I had no other choice I was seeing things that like weren't quote unquote real, and then they would happen. And I was having dreams of like bright white light. Like I was literally having an awakening. I would just dream about like, it was like I was in heaven. I was just, would see light.
0: Oh my gosh, this is just so fascinating. And I would love to know. like, I, I love that we didn't know where this is going. And now we're talking about premonitions and like, of course, of course, that's where we're going with things. But what has the evolution of that look like now in terms of how do you feel like, and obviously you're like quite grounded in your spirituality and things like that. What does it look like for you now? Is it just intuition? Like what's your experience and relationship to spirituality now?
1: Yeah. So now it's a lot more grounded. So that was kind of the, the era of me being on the floor. Honestly, it was the best thing that could have ever happen to me. I would never be here without any of that. And my health crisis, I found Louise Hay and I learned about like the spiritual reason for fibroids and just about basically that we're responsible for creating our life. And, and I did have that moment of like, well, if I created all of this, well, I can create something different. Like, I'm clearly responsible. Look how I've been living my life. And everything that I was learning about spirituality, like, made sense. And I went on, you know, I just started me down the journey of understanding trauma and healing and energetics and all the different things. And I wound up moving to New York and yada, yada. But now, so, like, over time, right, everything started to get, like, I had more understanding for what I was experiencing instead of just being on this, like, crazy psychic roller coaster. I started to understand how like the 3D and the 5D are connected, how our experience on this plane relates to experiences on other planes. It gave me just a much deeper level of wisdom, but it was like I had to be taken to a 10 in like the psychic realms and then also to a 10 in terms of hitting the floor on the 3D for me to even notice enough to start to bring things together. And I honestly feel like it was by design because of what I'm here for today. And isn't it yes. – and it's so – like so much of it wound up being around money because I went from very financially stable to nearly six figures in debt and couldn't hold on to a dollar to save my life. And then here I am now and I've built a multiple seven-figure business and like so much of the journey of my business has been like honestly my own healing and improvement of like my relationship to myself, to money, to, to the world, to other people, to life to the universe, to all of it. So it's, it definitely feels grounded. And I feel my sense of knowing is a very firm knowing now. Mm. Like I'm not like the woman who's playing tarot cards and yada, yada. But I used to, right? I yeah. got, it was like I went through being addicted to everything, mm. like in that whole realm, including other people, um, even though I was getting the messages myself and not listening, which was a big lesson in self-trust. And so now I feel... I just feel like I just know, like, even if I'm having a moment, like I can just be like, okay, what's really happening? And I can literally just close my eyes and like, I'll just know
0: it's so interesting because even something you said in that was like the addiction to the tarot card thing and I think this is a really interesting conversation because this is something that I see in people with business and it doesn't necessarily have to be tarot cards but it's always fucking something and what it looks like is people getting addicted to a a tool a resource a thing and it's like you know I've even very much seen it with shadow work becoming quite prominent Mm. now where then everyone gets so fucking addicted to uncovering a shadow and it's like and it's this problem frequency where people are almost always it's almost utilizing personal development as a distraction where it's like Mm -hmm. they get so distracted in the tarot cards they get distracted in uncovering the shadow they get distracted in healing their generational trauma and all of this is beautiful and perfect. And we obviously need to be doing all of this work, but I think sometimes people can take it too far to the point. It's actually not a tool and a resource that's benefiting them. It, it just is, becomes like a shiny object that's keeping them fucking distracted all the time.
1: Well, it keeps you distracted from doing what you actually need to be getting done. Yeah. Right. So there's different phases. So what I was discussing was long before I was ready to have a business. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like what I'm navigating now looks nothing like that. So you also, I think that people sometimes don't recognize that you need to like choose the realm of de- development that you want to play in based on where you say that it is that you want to go right now. Mm. Otherwise, you can spend your whole life reading tarot cards, exploring traumas, da 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 da, but you're not going to have any space to actually create what you say that it is that's on the other side of that, rather than walking things out like in parallel together, right? So it's like, I don't dig for shadows. It's just that, oh, I notice that like, oh, I have a weird texture about this. Or I might plug into my mentor and I'm like, mm, this, why am I thinking this way? Or why not this person does something, when two people do something, I have this thought about that person and that thought about another. That's not congruent. Like something's not adding up, right? So like I'll notice myself as I go. But to me, the And creating speed in business and then also elevating as a human at the same time, it's so much of just noticing yourself in motion rather than digging.
0: A hundred percent. And this is kind of something we spoke about in, um, you know, the podcast we did previously, but it's like, and I feel like we're both very much in the same journey now where we're in quite living transmission vibes, where it's like the personal development work we would do is through living and experiencing life and letting things come through in the moment. But there was a time where I needed the very tangible structure sitting down with a Google doc and uncovering my shadows. And I needed that, (laughs) you know, and and we all have those phases where it's like, we need the tangible structure. And I think for a lot of people, they actually don't know when to transcend the structure and when to, and they stay stuck in the structure and it keeps them in a personal development loop or it keeps them in actually never fully integrating something. So I think it's really cool for people to just like hear that perspective on, or where have I started, like almost like abusing this framework or this system or this personal development tool and not actually allowing myself to just move in and be. And kind of like what you said with the shadow thing, just like, oh, cool, yep, there's weird texture there. And, And it's very, like it's just a natural process
1: well and the thing that I think that people don't realize they're lacking is self-trust mm. it's sort of like why have you invested in 16 programs on the same topic why do you still think you haven't heard the answer mm. and not just because oh you're curious how so-and-so her perspective on it you know what I'm talking about where it's like you just keep searching and searching and searching and searching that's what we're doing when we're pulling 6,000 tarot cards and can't even start the day without one right or we're like oh my god have I explored every shadow? Because if I haven't, then I'm not going to get where I want to go. And like, da, da da da. There's no anchoring in self, right? And like, what I've seen in my journey from me being on the floor to me being where I am now is your faith and belief and confidence in yourself. It sounds so generic, but like. It is literally the most important tool that you could have. And it really shows up when people don't have it. And it's not about not learning new things or not investing in mentorship, obviously. Like I am a number one, the first person in line to be supported always. But I know that nothing matters if I'm not rock solid with me. And I clearly, look how I was living at that time in my life. I was the last place I would have put my money. Mm. And it showed.
0: Yeah, it's cool because something that um you know for anyone who doesn't know, we Jocelyn and I both have the same mentor and something that she says that I know that you agree with and and I definitely agree with is she always says let the answer be the answer. And yeah. I think for a lot of people that's where they struggle and it's like I even remember a time where I was in my angel card, like oracle card, tarot card era really <laughs> and I remember times where I would pull a card and get the card and look at it and I'm like mm there's not what I wanted and I didn't think that's not what I wanted but I remember having an excuse of like oh I don't think I like took enough time to feel into my body and like putting the card back in the deck and reshuffling and picking a new card so I got one that I liked and I'm like isn't that such an interesting metaphor for not letting the answer be the fucking answer
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes I used to do that too. I would literally pull cards. I'd be dating, like, I would be in the most toxic dynamic. And, like, all the tarot cards would be like abort mission, the end, the tower card, death. Oh my
0: God. And I'd be like, I don't know. It must be my negative energy. And you're like, oh, maybe that means the death of being single. And maybe we're going to end up married. It's like trying to like find the stretchiest answer you possibly can. It's so true. When
1: really it's like what I knew all along. But this is also what taught me. It's like, you can walk, walk into the fire as many times as you need to. Like, I remember the last time that I was that way and it was so obvious. And then what I was seeing in the cars is exactly what played out in real life. And I'm like, you don't need to do this dance again, Jocelyn. Mm. You already know Mm. your issue isn't six tarot cards away in terms of understanding. It's actually listening to what you already knew all along Mm. from the beginning. A hundred percent.
0: So fast forwarding all of that in the most simplest terms, what do you do now? How do you define what do I do 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 now? now? (laughs) (laughs) It only took us 15 minutes to get there, but we're getting there. (laughs) Oh
1: my goodness. I love it. So I'm an intuitive business and money mentor, and I also call myself a quote-unquote feminine energy healer, not a healer in like the traditional sense of, you know, exploring all your traumas, et cetera, et cetera, but I really support women in stepping into and harmonizing the masculine and feminine in our business and in our lives. A lot of women, and I'm sure you've seen this as well, I see it coming in different ways. It's either like feminine spilled out all over the floor. And they're like, oh, why isn't it working to just like be in my frequency and be in my magnetic, and magnetic energy and build my empire, right? Or a lot of like masculine overdrive, overactioning, like no sense of trust, not knowing how to lean back, kind of addicted to work, controlling, like, you know, hyper, this hyper-masculine energy. And I'm sure as you've seen in your business yourself and with clients, like there really is just this beautiful harmonization. And it's just... a language that I understand well, similar to how, you know, wealth energetics come very naturally to me. And it's been so much of my own, my own healing, honestly, is just, is like finding that dance because I was like, so it's interesting. It was like, it was showcasing as like type A control anxiety. Like to me, it's like my anxiety is always going to be a direct indicator of like where I am on that spectrum of like harmonization. Now I'm very chill, but I used to be like level 10 anxiety, could barely sleep. And so really helping people like step into their personal power, their power with money, their power in business, their power in life with self. And it's just important to me that because I've I've had so many textures now in this experience of like literally taking yourself to creating nothing to now you know, living in this beautiful home and having a thriving business and doing what I want to do every day. Like, I feel like I've seen two sides of the world Mm. when it comes to finances. And, and to me, it's like, and it, I always say, like, I talk about a lot about ease in my world. I know people have different viewpoints on that, but honestly, I'm like, this feels like the fucking easiest experience I've ever had in my life because it's like I finally learned how to do the dance, you know? And so I really desire for people to have that because we see it all the time, how hard business feels, how hard money feels, even with people who are extremely successful. It's not always just because someone is new. I've seen it at every income level where it's like, okay, but I made the money, but like, oh, like, Now there's pressure. Now it's heavy. They don't like how they did it. They still were outsourcing their power. They just had a super successful mentor. They just did exactly what she did without running anything through their internal guidance system. Not the mentor's problem. That's our own problem, right? And like all of these different things. And it's like, when we talk about, I feel like alignment is a word that obviously gets thrown around on the internet a lot. But if you take off all the weird projections that are on it, et cetera, et cetera, aligned and sustainable wealth to me is a very real thing. And it's also very personal and very unique. And I feel like I have that and I'm continuing to create that on deeper levels as obviously you know, like alignment changes with different seasons of what we want in our life. And it really means a lot to me that people learn how to create that like for themselves because you won't be ha- like, I don't, as you already know, right? Like money doesn't solve every Like it solves problems in terms of you can pay to, help, to get help to have your problems solved. But, like, you can have a multiple seven figure business and be miserable inside of it. So then I'm like, so what was the fucking point? But what most people do is go, oh, well, I must not, I don't need to make so much money. It's not all about the money. I know we talked about this. And I'm like, no, fuck that narrative. That's not the point here. The point here is like, Can we actually know who we are? Can we transcend all the shit that has us like operating from this really honestly low point of power? Mm. And like, can we do things our way and be in full power in every area of our life? And like, we hear that, but people don't do it.
0: A hundred percent. And I think listening to all of that, what just became so clear to me is just observing how, whenever I see like really women that are just so successful in in their industry, and obviously like you've cr- created a very very incredibly successful business, there's a common thread in that they're always teaching from this place of wisdom and embodiment where it's like everyone has a different style, right? Like the way you can have 20 different business mentors and everyone has their own different spin and their own different style. And the most successful ones are always the one that have allowed their style to evolve based off their their life, their experience, their wisdom, what they've learned, what, you know, it's like, I'm just going to say like the codes they've personally unlocked. Whereas this, the people that I see struggling are really those that are like, it's almost like this very masculine, I'm going to be a coach. Okay, cool. I'm going to be a business coach. What do I need to do to be a business coach? Oh, I have to teach people this stuff. And it's like, that's just not fucking it. It's not, it's not the vibe. It's like actually allowing your own wisdom and perspectives to come through. And even everything that I heard in that, there was like, you know, the masculine, the feminine. And it's interesting because for me last year, 2022 was my biggest leap Financially, I went from a 320k year to a $1.3 million dollar year in 12 months. And it was yum yum. yum. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm so glad we got that on here. Anyone who doesn't know Jocelyn, that's her fucking yum yum. That's like, that's your line. And and we've got it on record now. Um, (laughs) Is my favorite. We've been in a mastermind together and every single time there's a yum yum, I'm like, I love you more. Say it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's so funny because for me, 2020 was the year of like the masculine, right? And and not healthy masculine, like a very, very unhealthy integration of it. A lot of like when we come into business strategy, a lot of cold DM outreach and just like oh, sales, Lord. sales calls and like, oh, just... A fucking disgusting. And that was that year. And then the following year I did a pendulum swing and I knew I wanted to go into a more feminine approach of business. I wanted to do more attraction-based marketing, but to the point I was like a puddle on the floor, like didn't know, like I wasn't doing the action piece. I was being two in the energy and two in the trust and two in all of that and 2022 was the year that I was like I need both and I really had this beautiful as you said harmonization between the the masculine action actually doing things to drive me forward but then also having this beautiful grounded feminine where everything was still coming from a place of desire but then it was allowing my masculine to match the action to the desire so it makes sense that I had my biggest year. So it's, it's really cool. And I definitely have seen a pattern in people where the pendulum swings one of two ways and there's always going to be problems.
1: There always is. And it's so wild. Cause like I said, it's not dependent on income level. Mm-hmm. I've literally, I've mentored women who have the same size businesses as I do, who are also, who are also having six figure cash months front to the very beginning. And like today's day one and it shows up everywhere And I feel like so much of why I've been here to teach business and why business comes so naturally to me is I've always understood the whole way through how important both are. And I do think some of it is honestly my professional background. So I did have 15 years of sales and marketing experience before this. And honestly, just even working for, I worked for BlackRock, which is the largest asset manager in the world. And so seeing how a firm that manages literally trillions of dollars in assets, like how they plan how their things are structured, how they market, like how they forecast, how their strategies. There's like all of these different things. Like planning was an enormous act. Like we had teams that were exclusively dedicated to planning as you would with that size business. But then also inside of that, there was so much of like, there was still an intuitive approach that was always like backed by analytics. Mm -hmm. Like there was always kind of the flow of both. And I saw that. And then When I left finance, I worked for a number of like startups, et cetera. And so I saw the difference in terms of like, so there a lot of time the intuition would be really strong. And then they like really did not get it on the, like the strategy, the execution, the planning, et cetera, et cetera. And so I was so exposed to both sides of the equation. And, and I feel like that's something that I just naturally brought in. Whereas like, well, if I say that I want a feminine business, if I say that I want this like leaned back vibe, which I very much do... I'm not gonna have it and I'm not saying that like my first year of business I was doing like a 12 12 month forecasting like absolutely not I would say that probably it's been more like this year end of last year right now where it's a lot more like I can tell you what I'm doing pretty much for all of next year you know and obviously there will be like things that come in because it's like oh my god, that thing we just gotta do but the structure of my business and how that scales is very much, like baked in now and has been a process in development since the beginning, right? Cause now we're work. So I started at the very, very end of 2019. And then so I'm in my fourth year right now. And I went fast as well. It was different. It's I love hearing like, cause you know how I love money. I love everyone's like different trajectories of how they got there. Like your quantum leap was just insane. And then But I was, like, I did, like, I just got there kind of a different way. So, like, my first year was a 300K cashier, which was, like, fucking phenomenal for someone's first year in business. And it's funny, though, because, again, it felt so easy. It felt so natural. Like, I just was, like, I I have a brain for business, you know? And then I think, but the next year was kind of, I think the next year was, like, 400 and some. So there wasn't, like, that much growth yet. And then I jumped to 900. And then now that was, I was at 900K cash last year. And then now I'm up like 46% on that, whatever that is.
0: Fucking insane. Whatever it is. But like, (laughs) yum, yum.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We, We love the money vibes over here. But it's so cool, even from your story too, right? To see how both work together. I'm also so interested to see, because I can't really tell. Like, it hasn't been long enough for me to see. I'm curious. I'm like, oh, that's interesting that the first two years were kind of similar. Then I doubled. This year isn't double of last year. It's like 50% up. Like, I'm just so curious to see how this continues to look over time. Mm, mm. Like, I just find numbers so fascinating and just like growth. And well, what were we navigating in these different seasons? What were we doing in the business at this time? Like, my, my strategy evolved a lot last year. Not in a complex way. Um, but it did evolve and it it really shows you the power of like staying focused on also the masculine piece because my, like, I would say I got so much better at just like marketing and selling and forward selling, selling behind the scenes. My client journey got stronger, but I only introduced two new offers and I more than doubled the size of the business. I introduced two new offers and I started doing paid masterclasses. I hadn't been doing them before, but obviously that's very low cost. But I was just very focused on – like I was never the person who was like, well, let me launch 16,000 more offers to try to make more money. I've never done that before. Even in my first year up to my first 50K cash month, that was primarily from one offer. Mm. And then I had like a couple – I had like one self-paced course on the side and was doing like a little bit of private. I never scaled off a of private. Um, and now, right, there's a lot more going on in the program suite – but a lot of that has even come this year because I have the capacity for it and my wisdom's at a completely different level. Like it's just time. But I do think it's interesting when I look back at last year and like, well, I added two, I added my masterminds and I added, I added my big mastermind and I added an eight week business mastermind, everything else I already had. And I think that that's really interesting to see how refinement can lead to so much growth. Whereas this year, I have added more, quote unquote, new things. I would say there's three new core offers in my business. There's more masterclasses, and then it's largely the, the products that I had previously. But it's like, I, I just find this, like looking at what we did and what it compounded to so interesting. And then I, I'm focused on kind of like what I'm refining for next year. But that part actually turns me on. And this is the part that people are afraid of. And I'm like, well, if you're scared to actually look at the nuts and bolts of your business, how do you expect to have a legacy? How do you expect to be known? And I I've seen this with clients. I was actually speaking with a client, mastermind client yesterday, and she'd kind of like bought into, and you wrote a post about this. And I was like, fuck yes, because I'm so sick of this. Like people who are successful talking about how they don't have a strategy and how everything is just intuition. And you were like, fuck that shit. All these things you do are having a strategy. And my client had come from an environment like that. She was like, or, you know, people are like, oh, you don't need to be consistent in this, that, and the other. And she was like, but when I look at her business, she was selling like every day. She had four podcast episodes coming out a month. Like this was happening. That was happening. She was extremely consistent. I was like, yeah, just because Someone isn't strong at teaching strategy or choosing not to does not mean that they are not operating off of it. Just because they've transcended the framework of this is my strategy where they don't have to think about it doesn't mean that they don't have one.
0: Absolutely. I've had had these conversations as well. Like, I've had, I remember having a client plug in and she was like, I feel like, you know, I don't have a strategy. And, you know, you talk about like the benefit of strategy. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, you are a strategic person. And this is where I talk about two different things there's strategy and then there's being strategic. And you get to a level of being a strategic person where, as you said, you don't have to think about it because you kind of transcend the framework. But prior to that, sometimes there's going to be clients that they need. The systemize, the process, the framework, that tell me what to do, because they're not at it's the same thing as shadow work, right? It's the version of me that need to sit down with a fucking Google Doc and what are my shadows? And and I would never do that now, but that's because I've transcended that and now shadow work for me is a very living transmission. But for a lot of people, I always believe the the system or the framework helps until you can actually transcend the structure of the framework. So strategy is no different, and it's like the the people that are like, you don't need a strategy. I'm like, but you have one and you're operating your business from one, whether you realize it or not.
1: Right. And the thing is, we can't just assume that everybody has a natural brain for business. Mm. Yeah. You know, I very much did. That showed up in my results. Right. But I even to support my clients, because I do think strategy is so important, I still sat down and was like, I reverse engineered what I was doing. Because obviously I've been mentored, but there's a lot that just comes to me naturally, honestly, from how my brain works and then from my prior experience and of course in being mentored. And then I'm one of those people who can just observe people as well, even inside and outside of mentorship and just see what's going on, Mm. you know, whereas like a lot of people don't necessarily notice. It's just, I'm very observant and I have, my brain is oriented towards how things work in the world when it comes to like power and money and business. Like I just love it, you know? Um, but the thing is, is like, I've always taken the time to reverse engineer because we don't all have the same gift. You know what I mean? Just how someone else could be like relationship, romantic love is just the easiest thing in the world for them. Right. And and that's likely what they're here to, to share, et cetera. And then they kind of like teach other people the way. But I could never, I would not, for me as a business mentor, would not feel in integrity just saying that like I'm just following my intuition even when I am Mm -hmm. because I know that I have enough framework in my system behind me, practiced, et cetera, to where me following my intuition is being supported by all the wisdom that I already have it's not feminine spilled out all over the floor where there's no foundation under me. So I'm following intuition on top of a foundation that I'm also always looking into and refining from a place of, yes, my intuition and how it feels, but also from a place of like legit what makes sense.
0: And you have the business mind that makes the intuition very easy. It's like, it's almost like, I'm just going to use a very random example of nutrition for a second, but it's almost like telling someone with no understanding, they don't even know what fat, protein, a carbohydrate is. They wouldn't even know what's in a potato, right? And you go and tell them to intuitively eat. That's intuitively
1: gonna, eat, it's yeah. Gonna
0: have a fu- they're, they're probably going to intuitively want a fucking bar of chocolate. It's just like, This is where people, how do you intuitively eat without the nutrition education? For me, when I transitioned to intuitive eating after a period of learning a lot about nutrition and, you know, understanding protein, fat, carbs, what my body needed, nutrients, all those things, intuitive eating was incredibly easy because I could intuitively guide towards things, but I still had an unconsciously integrated system in my mind that knew how much nourishment I needed and what I needed. So it was very easy for me to build a plate off of that. And I didn't have to sit down and go, oh, well half of my plate is veggie like it wasn't like that it was you know one meal could be very imbalanced but then the other meal would be imbalanced the other way or whatever it's not even something I think about but I just know how to do it like driving a car and I think the same thing can happen with business where it's very very hard to teach people the intuitive approach if they don't have the business mind the context the knowledge the wisdom to actually back them up otherwise intuition can just be very very clouded I think
1: Well, and then I always say too, I actually shared a post about this a while ago where I'm like, where did people learn to just ask their clients how they fucking feel when they get asked them a question? I'm like, how your client feels, honestly. (laughs) Kind of irrelevant. (laughs) Like could have very little to do with what's good for them in this moment, right? Like You could feel like doing nothing, but it would actually support you expanding your capacity and getting where you want to go to do something, right? You could feel like X, Y, and Z person is the problem who can't honor any boundaries and yada, yada, yada in your mastermind and like they're so annoying but actually the problem is that you're someone who still needs to learn how to state and restate a boundary do you know what i mean like our feelings are not facts and it just drives me crazy that there is a school of mentorship where people are just being asked how they feel and i'm like i love you and i care how you feel on a soul level but, like, your current feelings about doing things that expand your capacity that are going to help you get where you want to go are just, like, not actually relevant for this conversation.
0: Exactly. <laughs> it's, like, it's almost like someone, when the mentor does that, like, well, how do you feel about this? Oh, well, That's what I, feel, I, mean. I feel like this program's maybe not in alignment anymore. Or is it that your concept of self is taking a bit of a fucking hit because people are like seeing you fail or no one's signing up or like whatever. Is it not aligned or are you not getting validated of people buying and you actually need to stick this out? So I love that you brought in this conversation because I wholeheartedly agree where you can care about how someone's feeling on an emotional level, but not letting their feelings dictate their next step in business. That's why they have a mentor. Right. And it's just
1: insane. And then, and it's so funny because people got, I mean, there's obviously people who loved it. And there are some who are very upset because you know how, when you kind of like start going into this realm, people think that you're like, you're, you're bashing compassion or you're like knocking good people. And you know, that whole, you it gets like so shadowy and starts. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, when did kindness become me just basically sitting there and lying to people by not telling them the truth? Absolutely. I'm and like, like, I'm kind because I'm direct. I show that I love you by being direct.
0: Yeah, it's like the, the lack of integrity piece as well, where I feel like for a lot of mentors, they would rather be liked and get a loving testimonial that's probably average, but they still butter you up because you, you know, freaking pocket up their asshole the whole time versus having someone who's actually there that is being honest with you, even if it means that they don't like you the client doesn't like you for five minutes and that's always been more loving anyway and it's interesting and I feel like coming into the context of relationship this is something that I I learned from my relationship which really allowed me to be very open to this in mentorship if I remember there are a lot of things where when I got into my relationship I'd come out of like a three and a half year one prior and then when I came into my current relationship And my partner would always say things or reflect things that was very like honest and very like direct. And I'd be like, why why can't, you know, I'd come out of a relationship that was very validating. So I would be like, why, like, do you say that? Why can't you just be supportive? Why can't you just accept me? Why can't you validate me? That was basically what I wanted. And I remember him saying to me, do you know how hard it is? to look you in the eye and say something that I know may make you not like me when I want you to like me because I actually know it's what's best for you to hear. And I remember having like – wow that's so true like how much he's like do you know how easy it would be to just say the loving nice kind buttered up thing that's easy Jesse. it's so hard for me to sit here and say this but I'm saying it because of how much I love you and I remember and how now I'm, I'm almost crying I'm <laughs> like that's a fucking love
1: letter like that makes me emotional not him telling you how great yeah. you are because that's love that's
0: love you know. and and it was me reshaping that of like that's what love is it's actual honesty where you care so much about the other person's growth you care so much about you know them alchemizing transcending evolving becoming more congruent like feeling better long term that you're willing to maybe have devil horns for the short term for a second and so that really cracked me open in mentorship as well because especially you know with felicity that's her style where she'll never you know she'll never just butter you up for the sake of it but what's so beautiful about that when you have someone that's willing to say the hard, honest thing, even if it means that they don't like you, oh my gosh, compliments hit so much harder too. Because you, Well, know- that's what I was about to say. But you believe,
1: but when they say something, when they are, it's not even gassing you up. It's like, it's so meaningful. It's so and meaningful. And I was sharing this on social media. I'm like, my clients know when I say something is a strong point and to really sing about it for themselves as well. Like I fucking mean it. Because you have been served humble pie before, right? Because we have been working on X, Y, and Z thing for months. And then like you come out on the other side and like you've seen it in yourself and your business too. Like we change, like I've grown so much through being able to be held in direct spaces. I've watched my clients grow so much through being able to be held in direct spaces. And then they take that to their clients and they're like, I can't believe it. Everyone's moving so fast. I'm like, yes, because we're playing in a realm of truth. And this society has not fostered an environment of truth. And then people want success like under the guise of like illusion. And I always say that like truth is the most magnetic frequency. So how are we going to get there like playing in the realm of illusion? Like it doesn't even make sense.
0: Mm, yeah I love that and I always like have this belief of like you can't change what you don't know and you can't know what you don't see so it's always like you know you can be willing to just be validated and keep all of your shit unconscious ignore all of your blind spots and things like that but good luck changing them like the, the patterns are going to repeat themselves the situation is going to repeat themselves so if your situation is no sales not making money having low client retention well that's what you can expect to repeat if you want something different there has to be a change that happens, which means it has to be something that you're seeing and therefore choosing to change and evolve, which is leading to a different outcome as well.
1: And what's on the other side of it, because I always say like, you're going to go through seasons that feel like, oh, Mm. you know, like when you just have a lot coming up, it's not forever, but it's like, can you hold that for the extremely short amount of time that it lasts to have the beauty that's on the other side, which is far more everlasting? Like, can we just be, and and I know we've heard it before, but like seriously, be willing to be uncomfortable. And I don't just mean in doing new things. I mean, in looking yourself dead in the mirror and being able to see where you're not integral, where you're not congruent, where you are still people pleasing, where you are still caring more about how other people see you than you are in telling the truth, right? Like all of these different manipulations, all the things we do Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, you're going to wake up some mornings like feeling heavy and feeling kind of off. And yeah, that might go on for weeks or maybe a month or whatever it is. But what lands for you on the other side is fucking heaven. The way that it feels to be able to look yourself in the mirror and be so fucking proud of yourself because you became a congruent human, an integral human, you can tell the truth. You can have hard conversations. You understand that love is not people-pleasing and validating and da 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 Like the felt experience of that
0: change is like nothing you will taste in your life. And the beauty of knowing that everyone that's in your life, from clients to relationships to friendships or whatever all of those people are there for who you actually are, not for who you present or how you manipulate them into being in your world. You know, you're not like, oh, that client's staying on with me for a second year because I've manipulated them to like me based on how I have, you know, shifted the container in order for them to lack like me so much or feel a level of codependency or like whatever it is. It's like, no, this client's staying because I'm honest. This client's staying because I'm grounded. This client's staying because I evolve, like whatever the thing is, it's this like deep knowing of the relationships around you feel so much more genuine and there's satisfaction in that too. Oh my God. It's life-changing.
1: And then you don't have that experience of being lonely in a full room. Mm. Yes. Right? Where it's like, oh, there's all these people in your life and you feel alone. Like nobody sees them. Like, well, whose fault is that? Mm. Right? Like, and I, I, like the feeling is sad, but how have we been presenting to the world? Right? So if we want that experience of the full cup of, and I love what you said too. It's like when your client signs on, how, how about it not be like, okay, let me take a deep breath because I've got to like maintain this persona for another year. How about it just be like, wow, like he or she is staying on the most like clean fucking frequency. This is, you want a business that's light, easy to hold, et cetera, et cetera. You actually have to like be all of you. And I don't mean like now you're spilling your shit all over your clients and your business, but you know what I mean? It's like you've, you've allowed your full, your full self to come in, to have the experience Of like walking this out instead of like these bits and pieces of you and some stuff is like staying in pandora's box and some stuff is coming out and like you know what i'm saying like it's so much more complicated than just ripping the band-aid off and being fully self-honest and self-responsible.
0: Mm, What's well, being like that, that being fully you and like kind of like where you went with it. And sometimes people think that means, oh, I have to be emotional. And I have to show these things. It's like, no, being fully you in your power, like that's actually more vulnerable yeah. than anything else as well. And something that you said in there too, of like, you know, being in the room and being like, no one's seeing me. And it's funny, I don't know if you're much into human design, but a wound of the projector, which I'm a projector. No, uh, you are. a wound of a lot of projectors is feeling like they're never fully seen but then another part of the projector is often projectors can be quite chameleon like so they can move change evolve manipulate themselves in order of who they're with they can absorb a lot of other people's like energies and things like that and it's like well isn't that interesting of like you've got this chameleon archetype where you change and mold and then you're feeling like you're not fully being seen but people can't fucking see you because you keep being a chameleon (laughs) you
1: keep disappearing
0: <laughs> so it's like it's just this you know and it's been a really beautiful integration of me Of I used to relate to that so hard like not feeling seen not feeling like a lot bl- like the whole thing and it's been just a beautiful process of me of like I felt more seen by not necessarily when I stopped when I stopped needing the quantity and I just needed the quality and and the truth and the genuine and all of that and how much evolved in that.
1: That's been such a big trans uh transition for me from when I was younger. Like I was like I was like the girl who'd have a click. You know what I mean? And like very much like that. And then the further that I've gone in this journey, in this business, etc, like it's like I don't want to say success changes you in a negative way, but who I've had to become to have the level of success I have. Has woken me up in ways that I cannot unsee, mm. and so right having other people in my life on that vibration, and I don't mean like that we're necessarily financially in the same place, but who are that committed to their evolution, their growth. It doesn't—I don't mean spiritual or not conscious or not. I just mean like that type of human who's just like, yeah, do you mean like awake, yeah, and and just like present with life. It's it's not as many people as you think that it is.
0: Mm. Yeah, I agree.
1: And I don't mean the person who's talking about being conscious and awake on the internet. I'm talking about somebody who is like honest, integral, and just can see, like who basically like the way I describe it is like people who can see through the veil and not because they're so psychic and so spiritual, but it's just like the type of person who can call a spade a
0: spade. It's so interesting because sometimes I feel like people want like all these like conscious relationships and friendships and that's beautiful and perfect yet I also have people in my life that have done little to virtually no personal development yet yeah. naturally through the way they live and experience life they've naturally alchemized what would be a lot of shadows for people so they're not competitive they don't compare they can genuinely hold you in success they can honor a boundary and you don't even have to have a conversation around I'm setting a fucking boundary. like they just oh my might. god you know those people that just get it yeah. like they just honor. Yeah boundaries without you verbalizing a boundary they just celebrate you when you succeed and it's genuine celebration and so I have people in my life where even as an example primary example is like one of my brothers well both of my brothers actually they've never done structured personal development they've never worked with a coach they've never done a course they read virtually no books yet my brothers like understand boundaries and I have never used the word boundary with them not one time like they just have respect for me as a human and there's been situations and conversations we can have where they are so happy when my business grows like they're literally like oh my god I'm so proud of you sis and like they're not competitive yet I know other people in dynamics with siblings their siblings can be very very competitive when other siblings do well and things like that so they haven't had to do personal development or because come conscious they're just actually conscious human beings and I think sometimes we can pedestal people who have done all this personal development work and what the danger in that sometimes we give people a green tick based on a course they've done or a coach they've worked with just because they worked with a coach or did that course and we assume that it must mean that they're congruent or they're clean or they're conscious yet there's people that haven't done that course or work with that mentor that actually are so much more integrated and embodied than them too.
1: like I actually don't it's funny because everyone's like I want a conscious relationship I want a conscious relationship do you know how many people abuse that dynamic yeah it's like the woman who goes on it's like she's met the man three times and is spilling all of her trauma seeing if his masculine can hold her I'm like you know what I'm saying I'm like this is not his job you need to go handle your shit
0: absolutely and like like this
1: is not how someone quote unquote holds space for you like you're not supposed to be like testing him with your darkest, deepest secrets and you've known him for 72 hours.
0: The testing thing. I can't.
1: Like that kind of stuff drives me crazy. And it's funny because, I mean, we'll see who I land with, but I tend not to be attracted to men who are heavily into personal development. Like that's, I've never have been. Not because they don't care and not because they're not evolution focused. They're just not doing it like on purpose in the exact same way.
0: right they've just
1: they've just lived they've just seen they've just like they've just had a lot of experience and honestly I probably some of it for me too is like I'm so in this I don't like need it in romance also (laughs) like can we take a break not take a break because I don't want to look at things but you know what I mean I don't want to feel like there's like this this you know that texture that we have in business I don't want that in my relationship
0: it's what we were talking about with like um you know personal development of us now being quite living transmission it's it's like that like you just want someone that's evolving because they're doing life in a powerful way where they're naturally meeting challenges they're naturally having to rise they're naturally having to have a harder conversation not because a, a coach told them to go and do this little integration task or like <laughs> You get what <laughs> exactly. I mean.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And I would say that most of my friends are not as in it as yeah. we are either. Yeah. They've just arrived for different reasons in different ways and it's all perfect. But I think that at least for, me, for the reason I'm so in it is also because I'm actually fascinated by it. It's mm. not because, oh, if I don't do this, I won't land here. It's because I'm literally like my brain is just obsessed with the concept of evolution, no matter whether it be financially and business and relationship and health and all the different ways. So for me, it feels more like an exercise in studying because I'd be interested anyway, than me doing something so that I can have a certain thing.
0: I love that. And, and I want to do somewhat, not a 360, I'm going to say a 180, but speaking of evolution okay. and let's talk evolution financially, your relationship to money. So Coming from someone that was in six figures of debt to now having like a multi seven, seven figure company, how has your relationship to how you see money, move money, anything to do with that really evolved over time? And like, where is it at now? Oh my gosh. Night and day. It's like, <laughs>
1: it's like what are even the words could not hold on to a dollar for anything You know, I was very, I was avoidant with it. I was anxious with it. It was like all of those dynamics that you would see play out in love, right? I was doing that with money. And it's funny because I always talk about money as a masculine energy by how it feels to have and hold. It feels stable. It feels supportive. It feels yum, yum. Um, and, And when we're with a very secure masculine partner, no matter who we, men, women, no matter who we date, it has the same feeling. Having an abundance of money to me feels like it feels like having really secure masculine energy around me right mm-hmm. and so now it feels it feels stable it feels supportive it feels present and i feel honestly that i have it's like i've learned how to lead money instead of having money lead me mm-hmm. right so previously i was living in reaction and response open the bank account <gasps> this happened <gasps> you know what I mean? Like everything is like reaction, 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 right? And so it was like I was getting like dragged around like money's little bitch instead of me understanding that I'm the leading energy. Very similar, right, Tim? It's like I'm leading energy and I attract, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't just mean by meditating on a hill. I mean through my frequency. I mean through my integrations. I mean through my actions, all of it, but I'm just using the word attract broadly. But it's like, no, I lead and money follows my lead and does what I tell it to do, mm. right? Not like I get dragged around by money. And so now there's a lot more just general security with it because I'm also secure within myself. And I feel like I'm someone who has very little projections about money. Like I've never had the like, oh, rich people are bad. money's the root of all evil. Capitalism is destroying the world. Like I don't have any of those kind of projections. Like I'm just like, the better it gets, the better it fucking gets. And to me, it actually feels of service to be someone who is allowing myself to rise and increasing levels of wealth because it's like, you can only take people as high as you've taken yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So yes, do I have clients who make as much money as I do or a little bit more, whatever it is? Yes. But it's like, the further that I allow myself to go... I'm an opening for everyone who's following me, for everyone who's paying attention, for everyone who comes into my world. It's like, click, I open a new door, click, I open a new door, click, I open a new door and we all get to go through the fucking door, you know? And so I have like zero shame. I mean, you see me talk about money all the time. I have no weirdness about it. I'm like, all this is, is a reflection of my current levels of personal power and how everything has fucking added up in terms of like me growing and becoming a solid human who's yes, running a solid business, but there's no fucking solid financial picture without you being a solid human. And so honestly, it's like, I'm emotional about money because money to me is such a reflection of how I've grown. Mm.
0: What's some of the things when you think about, and obviously like how you move money now, it's going to be powerful, on a mass scale, because you're obviously making fuck a bank. What did it look like for you before you'd come into having a lot of money, but your relationship with like, you know, that, that pivotal moment when your relationship with money solid, how you're moving money, receiving money, holding money solid, you don't have a lot of it yet, but you're in the solid yeah. mindset and frequency of it. What were some of the things you practically did, whether it was things that you bought or invested or how you moved or received money? in those earlier days before it came where you look back and you're like that was really powerful
1: you mean to become solid yeah yeah because there's so many stages I mean I still I will always view myself as in a new stage too I view there's no like end to the quote-unquote mastery but I know what you're talking about so and it's funny so I've always had a pretty high tolerance for risk in my business like I'm hungry you know So I did not look for solid at first to mean um there's $50,000 in the bank account. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I had to choose solidity when there was very little money in the bank as I was going into invest in myself because I was hungry and I was committed and like we were just going to get there. So I will I want to add to and I'm going to obviously answer your question, but like I feel like something that is really important for me too is like money is very important to me but i don't view myself through the lens of money. Does that make sense? Like money is a very beautiful reflection of my my power and like what i've created for myself and all the different things, but it's like i'm not only worth as much as what's in the bank. It's yeah. like i'm Jocelyn Kelly Reed cuz i'm fucking Jocelyn Kelly Reed the ends. And again, like i lead the money. The money doesn't own me and i feel like people get very confused in that dance and all of a sudden we're doing the, the self-worth money game, which is like not a game I play. So I feel that very early, like I understood this very early in my first year of business, I remember having conversations with myself about how my worth was not going to be tied to money. Mm. But that doesn't mean I'm fucking leaving money on the table and I quote unquote don't care about money. Like get the fuck out. This is not. <laughs> you'll never hear me say that. Um, right. We're not like throwing the baby out with the bath water, but it was like, I'm building myself regardless of money and money's going to come meet me. Mm. Right. And I don't need it to all be here right now. I know where I'm going. I know it's coming. And then like, I really celebrated, like I genuinely celebrated. I remember like, I would keep, every time I would get paid, I would write down like the person's name and like, I would say, I'd be like, yay. And then an exclamation point and like the amount that was coming in. And I would like, Bless them with abundance and like all the different things. Like, I actually took time to feel joy around all the money that was coming to me when clearly, like, in the beginning of my business, yes, I understand that I did well very fast, but the list of transactions I could write it on paper is now like, fuck no. You know what I mean? That would take forever. But it was like in my journal at that time. And I really felt that. And I let money be really meaningful, not just because of the money, but that other humans were choosing to, to flow their money to me. And I I felt very connected to that still because when I would go invest in myself, like, yeah, I treated it like we're, there is no other way. This is what we're doing. But it was still very meaningful, you know, and it still is. And so I, I felt that. And then I really had to... Address my relationship to debt very early because remember that I was investing all the money to my name with a hundred thousand dollars in debt, which is why I feel fucking sorry for no one who wants to talk about investing in themselves and how it's hard or it's not the right time or this that and the other. I was like, I had to hold having a new business, no access to available credit, no ability to get a loan because I had destroyed my credit. So literally, like I built my business off of cash. Mm. There's been there were no credit cards, there were no loans. There was no money coming in. There was no leveraging money. This fucking business, every dollar that I spent investing in myself, doing the things, I made that money in cash.
0: I love and that. like,
1: you know, and I remember because at first it was like, like now I feel like it's a fucking flex, you know, but I got put in that situation and it was the only way. And so I had to hold, okay, I've got all of this debt, but like we're moving forward anyway. And being forced to play with that duality at the same time really expanded my capacity because I was able to put the debt off to the side. I never ignored it. Like I was making payments every month, but I was able to put it off to the side and know that one day it would get eclipsed out through overflow. But also like I had the awareness that think about other businesses other than ours in any other industry, product-based business, whatever it is you even start a restaurant, most people go take a loan to start the thing. It takes them years to be profitable. The the, the speed at which we become profitable is like fucking unparalleled.
0: Yeah, insane. Like,
1: like it's insane. And so people want to be like whining over what's happened after a year. And I guess you could say easy for me to say, because I was so profitable from the beginning. But like, I also didn't go in with that expectation. I was just, I wasn't thinking about any of that. I wasn't thinking about how much money that like, I had to make or like, was this investment going to pay off or should I move the money? What was the ROI going to be? My debt versus this. I was just fucking moving. yeah. And so I had to hold a lot in the very beginning and there was nobody else paying for me. There was no partner. There was no, like I was doing it, you know? And I think because I had to hold a lot in the beginning, that was great, like training ground for me. Mm-hmm. And then like, but there was a phase where it's like, okay, like this can be more, There can be more pleasure in terms of, because like, and I think people don't, I don't know about your experience, but I think that people don't understand this. I'm like, there's a long time in your business where the majority of what you're making, you're reinvesting into yourself, into your business. Like people, like everybody, I kind of get annoyed. Have you heard coaches talk about this? Where like everybody's talking to people about their fucking cash flow, And I'm like, I remember, not Felicity, but another uh, mentor that I'm in, I'm in her mastermind. I don't know how, like, but she makes multi, multi, multi millions a year. And I asked her, I was like, when did you feel like the cash really started stacking? And she was like last year. Yeah. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? And this woman is, I don't know how, what she did. I mean, she's done like 15 million in the, the whole cycle of her whole, whole business. But you know what I mean? And she's talking about big money, but like she's been investing like her mentors, Melanie and Lair. Do you know what I mean? Investing at that level now for years, but it's like so many people can't fucking hold that. And obviously, she was doing well. She was bailed, going on vacations, doing what she wanted to do. Like she was making money. But do you get my point where it's yeah. like, I'm sorry, no, when you make 300 grand, let's say everything started at zero. When you made 300 grand, you don't end the year having 200 in the bank. No. That is like not how this fucking goes. And everybody gets so grippy with the amount of money in the bank. And I'm like, you guys have to understand that when we say we're making all this money, this is real this is not all in the bank. Like it takes time for that to compound. And the priority is you like putting money into the product. It's sort of like, do you think any other business on this planet is not putting money towards refining their product? Absolutely not. Or there wouldn't be one. They're not like, oh, you know what? Like it's just, it's mind blowing to me how people don't understand that like we're the product you need to invest in yourself. Yes.
0: We are the fucking product. Like that's, that's the product. all you need to invest in. That's all you need to refine and you're good. And you're good. So I
1: let myself be the product and I did not, I didn't have, I didn't hold on so tight to how much money was in the bank. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I understood that we were playing the long game. Obviously I have way more money in the bank now. But I had to to really be okay with that because I'd heard people talk about like cash flow, et cetera, et cetera. But then it was interesting because some of the people I heard talk about that where they're like, oh, if you made a million dollars, then 700 of that should be in the bank that year. Well, those people are still making the same amount of money that they were three years ago. Yeah. 100% and I think there's something to that and,
0: and that's where you look at you know let's just say someone does the 200-300k a year thing which is fucking great but it's also like well they keep hoarding their money and so for the next 10 years they make 200-300k to 300K over 10 years whereas if they had have invested more into their product early days within the next 2-3 years they're making 1 million 1. 1.5 million it's like you literally could have time collapsed your whole you know financial trajectory and then you could have invested 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 10 times faster because you're willing to invest early on in yourself. And then you can invest in other things like property or whatever it is that you want to do later because you were willing to play the longer game, which ended up being the shorter game. Exactly. But people don't get this. And so I was always
1: wired that way and less focused on how much money exactly is in the bank. But then I did have to learn. I'm like, okay, like it's okay for me to go stay at this hotel for a night. Okay. I can go on a vacation. It was like a, because, you know, I had kind of like broken down trust with myself from financially destroying myself. So then I was building it back up, like inside of my business, but like, and I was always all in on mentorship, but it was more when it came to stepping outside of that, where it was like, okay, I'm going to book a photo shoot. Okay. I'm going to stay in that hotel. Okay. I'm going to go do this. And then that took more like, whereas most people are the fucking opposite. They're like, May 10,000, going to go buy a 10K Chanel bag. Like, I was not like that. I was like, is this responsible? Am I doing the right thing? da 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 Instead of going, is my mentorship responsible? I was like, (laughs) like, people have it so fucking twisted, you know? And so then I would do that. And like, I would see like, talk about relaxing your phone. I'm like, oh my God, this feels so good, right? Because at the time... I was living in my little apartment, like, oh my God, leaving the four walls of my apartment. And it was COVID. I built my whole business during COVID. So it was just like, it felt like such an exhale. And then I would make more money. Mm -hmm. And right. And so then I learned how to, to allow how I flowed money to enhance my frequency without being the person who made 10K and then bought a 10K Chanel bag. Mm -hmm. Whereas now I can flow money on way bigger. And it was just slow. Right. And then like Wednesday, or I do small things like an upgrade here, an upgrade there in my home. And then like, oh, I can fly first class. Oh, do you know what I mean? Like the things just started going, oh, instead of the housekeeper coming twice a month, they're going to come once a week, right? Then it went from once a week to twice a week. Or like, okay, instead of the dog walker coming every other day, you know, now she comes every day, right? Like I just started moving but it's, like, understanding that, like, I wasn't ever, like, and it's it's crazy because now I live in, like, now everything is at, like, you a know what I mean? Scale. We're spending at a, high, <laughs> at a high level, but it didn't start this way. And what really honestly accelerated my money, too, even in me landing in my home was, like, I had to get my eyes on something I wanted. Once I wanted to be able to live at a complete other next level in home, and I live in New York. So, you know what I mean? We're in one of the most expensive cities in the world. To have what I want is like very substantial. But I was also always, because people are like, why do you live in New York? Because, you know, there's so many other cheaper places where I'd be like, you know, if I, but I'm like, well, whatever. If I can live like this in New York, imagine where I can live anywhere else. Like, exactly. If you can do it in New York, you can do it anywhere. So, like, I love that. But beyond that, it was like, I just got my eyes on things. And I was like, I'm going to have that. And it was at the same time I was investing with Felicity. I was locking down this apartment. I was moving money into other investment vehicles that would like reduce my taxable income, make me money over time, da 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 And it seemed like all of a sudden, the money just started compounding so fast. But it was like... It was almost like I, so I had all this practice and like the different ways I was playing with money, including like expenses and things like that too. But then it was just like, it was like something just clicked in and I was like, I want to live at another level. Mm. And like, but not from in a place of entitlement where it was like, well, it should have happened by now. Da, da, da. I was like, no, I just want that. I want this mentorship. I want this house. I want this. I want that. The The end. I don't want to think about this anymore, but I wasn't frustrated. Yeah. Does that make sense?
0: I think I think the frustration piece and and the entitlement piece is huge. It's just a very relaxed. It, it's just desire in its most pure form without attachment it's like desire with yeah. an anxious attachment. And I feel like I've had a very similar thing too where, you know, I growing up, I never had the travel bug thing. I never had any desire to really like travel the world or, you know, and a lot of my friends took gap years and traveled and things and I was like, "No, I want to get ahead in my career." Like that was more my focus. And it was only really been probably the last 3 years I've started having desire to travel and I remember being like you know, I am a travel brat. Like if I'm flying anywhere over two hours, two, three hours, like I'm going business class. Like I'm not, I'm not doing the long haul thing sitting with like economy. It's just not, I am a travel brat. Like it's true. And I remember thinking like, I want to be able to fly anywhere in the world. I want business class without, you know, worrying or that feeling like it's It's this or that. Like I want it to be this, this yeah. I wanted this, and I wanted to know that I could furnish my house and fly business class. I wanted to know that I could upgrade our house and fly business class. I wanted to know that I could have mentorship and fly business. Like it was yeah. always, I didn't want it to be this or that. I always wanted it to be this and. And when I started feeling into that frequency of like, I want to be in an overflow where everything gets to be an and, that's really when I started, I like, I feel like I came into that desire piece as well. And, and so much shifted for me in that. I would love to know though, and I know, I know I'm, I'm being mindful of time, but the one thing I would love to ask you is what is one of your favorite things about making really fucking amazing amounts of money? Like what's one of your favorite things around just like make and bank?
1: It just feels that so, you mean like a feeling
0: or like a way of leveraging the money or what way? It can be anything. It can be a feeling you get. It can be little. It can be big. It can be a, uh, something that you can invest or buy or afford or just anything where you're like, I love that about just making money. I remember years ago always checking how much money was in the bank. Something I love about making a lot of money is I couldn't tell you the last time I checked how much was in my account before I made a purchase.
1: Yeah. Like
0: that for me, that's freedom for me of just Well, oh, like, never
1: you're right. I hadn't thought
0: about like that. That to me is the safest, most expansive feeling of like I just know there's enough. That's so funny because I was running errands today and
1: literally, of course, we just talked about this. When I, I was running around doing my thing and I was like, I pay no attention how much money I spend. Mm-hmm. Like on just date, like I I'm aware, even when when on when you were on my podcast, and I was like, I don't remember how much felicity is. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Like I know and i mind like I get a profit and loss every month. Like I'm watching the business's finances. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's like. I just buy what I want, and it's funny because I had that thought earlier where I was like, but I remember the like, (gasps) can I buy like literally anything? Like I would do it over everything, Jesse. like everything. Something that was $10, I'd be like, is there a cheaper version? Can I do it? Like I would be that close to being in the negative previously. Um, And actually most of the time, honestly, I just was in the negative. It was like, okay, hopefully this overdraw is going to go through. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I've had like I've had like I remember times where friends wanting to go to the movies and like hang on, let me check how much is in my account. Mm, no, nah, can't go to the movies this week. Like, I can't like, go to a
1: movie. Like, we can go boy, for a like, walk. I, I remember oh, times can't that drive having like car.
0: like two dollars in my account and like being like, oh my god, my pay still doesn't come in for two more days. I'm on like two dollars for two days. Like, how am I gonna do this?
1: I yeah. So there's so I had that moment earlier today. But honestly, the how it feels is like. It feels like a fucking breath of fresh air, feels like a breath of fresh air when you've just been like breathing smog for years, you know, like honestly, like I was just in California visiting my family and I came back to my place. Every time I leave and come back here, I'm like, oh my God, I live here. Like, it feels like I'm coming home to the most like luxurious hotel, but I live here, but it feels like mine, you know? And it's just – it's almost unbelievable sometimes. Honestly, sometimes I feel like I'm still normalizing it even though I moved in last November. But it just feels – it feels like the – I always talk about the feminine exhale in my world. Having money now and making bank and knowing this is just the beginning feels like the greatest feminine exhale.
0: I love that. I have a very similar experience. My my partner and I, we always joke about – Uh, us, we go away. Whenever we go away, we're like, isn't it funny that we go away to pay money for places that like aren't as nice as our home? Like we, we're paying people to stay somewhere that's not as nice as where we live, but it's, it's like, we, we still love the travel thing. And you know, one of our favorite things is going and staying in the woods and we'll stay in like a tiny little cabin. And it's like, we live in like the most incredible home. And then we paying someone money to stay. It's, it's funny, but I agree. Like that's
1: your version of experience now. Yeah,
0: it is. That's, That's experience but I love all of that. So Jocelyn, what have you got coming up? If people want to be in your world, where can they find you and what can they get in at the moment?
1: Yes. So I actually, so what is, when is this coming out? Um, about?
0: oh my gosh, that's such a good question. I would say within the next three weeks. Okay. Well, the best thing to do
1: is come hang out on social media. It's jocelyn.kelly.read on Instagram. I have a podcast as well, Queen Flow the Podcast, and Jessie is live on the show. It's such an incredible episode. And then you can check out my website, jocelynkellyreid.com as well. There's so much going on from like self-paced programs to live programs, masterminds, private, all the different things. And then obviously, if anyone is interested in working together, just shoot me a DM and I'm happy to help point you in the right direction.
0: I love all of that. And I'm just so excited for people to have more Jocelyn in their life
1: love that we did this fun swap. Like, I think this is so cool. This is my first like, true blue swap. And I was like, Jesse's the one. I'm going to talk to Jesse.
0: Yeah, I was like, when we sat down today, I was like, one, where the fuck is this conversation going to go? And two, how are we going to top our last episode? But I feel like they've both just been absolutely incredible. So I'm sure everyone's loved today as well.
1: And completely different textures. But I always wondered about that too, because you know how people who have like I've seen a lot of people have like dear media shows and like different things like that. And they'll like do, they'll interview, they'll do swaps and like they'll all do it in the same week. They'll interview like three of their friends and, and then they all interviewed each other. And I'm like, how do you guys do that back to, or do it back to back?
0: No, it's not the life for me.
1: <laughs> me either. I'm like, we need a, f- a few weeks and then we'll come back to the conversation.
0: Oh my gosh. So good. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here and joining us.
1: Oh my gosh. Thank you, Jesse.